Taiwan has received its first delivery of the Novavax COVID vaccine. The shipment arrived early Thursday at the Taoyuan International Airport. It contains some 500,000 doses, which expire on September 30th and may roll out as early as July 8. Taiwan expects to receive 2.2 million Novavax doses this year through the COVAX vaccine sharing mechanism. Novavax is known as a subunit protein vaccine, which means it contains harmless COVID spike proteins that can induce a protective immune system. No more than 3% of its recipients develop a fever afterward. Other side effects include swelling or pain at the injection site, fatigue and headache. Health authorities say that Novavax can be a good option for people who had a severe adverse reaction to other vaccine brands. DPP lawmakers are urging the government to freeze power prices at health care facilities. At a press conference on Thursday, four DPP lawmakers said hospitals use power for saving lives and are at the front line of the pandemic. The appeal for a price freeze came one day before Thai Power will raise rates by 15 percent for heavy users. Four DPP lawmakers stand in a row, holding up placards and making a plea for the medical sector. Thai Power plans to raise power rates starting Friday, but will freeze its prices for six pandemic-hit sectors, including food and beverages. Medical institutions won't be covered by the price freeze. Lawmakers say they should be. We hope that the government will freeze power fees for medical institutions. Because at medical institutions, electricity bills reflect efforts to save lives. Money spent on power goes towards saving lives. Hospitals account for about 1% of the country's total power consumption. If Thai power raises rates by 15% for hospitals, overall revenues will increase by 15 divided by 10,000. That doesn't go very far in offsetting the cost of power production. But for hospitals, a 15% power rate increase can be quite scary. The lawmaker said that raising prices for hospitals wouldn't do much to cover Thai power's losses. Legislator Chol Tai Yuan who also leads the Taiwan Medical Association, said he had received a string of complaints from hospitals. He said hospitals have fought COVID on the front lines for more than two years. With the pandemic ongoing, the government should give hospitals the support they need, he said. Dedicated care wards and isolation wards have ramped up power consumption at many hospitals. And of course, all medical institutions in the country have to deal with the issue of vaccine storage. That's another great burden on medical institutions. We want a price freeze for medical institutions so that they can continue their operations. Only about 382,000 households will be affected by the power rate adjustment. As for medical institutions, the Ministry of Health and Welfare can look into whether it can provide budgetary support for a price freeze. The state-run Thai Power said it would communicate with all the stakeholders in its new round of price hikes to minimise the impact on people's livelihoods. For the 40th year in a row, cancer was Taiwan's leading cause of death in 2021. According to the latest government data, cancer claimed more than 51,000 lives, accounting for 28% of all deaths in Taiwan last year. Heart disease was the number two cause of death, followed by pneumonia and cerebrovascular disease. 
unintentional injuries dropped from number six in 2020 to number seven. An official said this was because the pandemic had re reduced human movement. The causes of death on the top 10 list have been the same since 2011. It's just that the rankings have changed slightly. In 2021, there was a change in the rankings for hypertension and unintentional injury. Unintentional injury dropped from sixth place to seventh. COVID-19 accounted for 896 deaths and ranked number 19. The leading causes of death still reflect our ageing population. In the past five years, we've seen growth in the 65 and older demographic. Every year, there's been an increase of 160,000 to 170,000 people. The numbers of deaths will keep rising each year since this demographic is expanding very rapidly. In 2021, the total number of deaths increased 6.4% year-on-year to 184,172 people. According to the Health Ministry, this rise was due to a colder-than-usual month of January and aging population. Last year, cancers claimed one person every 10 minutes and 10 seconds, which is 20 seconds faster than the previous year's rate. The leading cause of cancer death was tracheal, bronchus and lung cancer, and it was for the past 17 years. The Executive Yuan held a launch on Thursday for its expanded rental subsidy program. The 30 billion NT program was take, will take applications starting Friday and will pay out its first subsidies in October. Households are eligible if each member makes no more than three times the lowest cost of living set by the local government. The subsidies are expected to benefit half a million households, up from 120,000. At a Thursday launch event, Premier Su Zhengchang touted an expanded rent subsidy program aimed at winning over young families. People with a monthly salary of no more than 56,000 NT are eligible. Previously, if your family rented in Pingdong and you rented in Taipei, only one of you could receive a subsidy. Now, both you and your family can collect a subsidy. To reduce the financial burden on more families, the Executive UN raised its rental subsidy budget from 5.7 billion NT to 30 billion NT. The number of subsidized households is expected to rise from 120,000 to half a million. Rules regarding eligibility have been relaxed. As long as a household's income is no more than three times the lowest cost of living set by the local government, that household can receive subsidies starting at 2000 NT. In addition, subsidies can be increased by 1.2 to 1.8 times for people 35 and younger, couples who married within the last two years, families with children or disadvantaged households. Thanks to President Tsai for proposing this policy of housing justice. Even with such a good policy, we are set to make 96 billion NT in debt payments this year, the most in 20 years. Some people may say that this is an election gambit, or that we're rolling it out now with something special in mind. I say no. This is a major national policy and is a long-term policy. Our government is no longer passive, but active. We will take the initiative to solicit 
subsidy applications. The government will work with borough chiefs to let renters know that subsidies are available. Applications will be accepted starting July 1st for a period of two months. Households will be informed of their qualification status in September and the first payments will go out in October. A company in Xinzhou has splashed out millions of dollars on the most powerful fire truck in Taiwan. The private company bought the 40 million NT truck with a state-of-the-art crane to protect its industrial facilities. The truck has a vastly increased water power compared to a normal fire truck. The crane has special functions that its owner hopes would save lives in an industrial accident. Let's take a look. A mobile crane glides into place. This fire crew is preparing to start an emergency rescue drill. Two hoses work in unison. The jet of water is visibly stronger than a typical fire truck could manage. Looking down, the truck really stands out. It's green and constructed in a new way. There are many valves. One truck can have four cannons firing water at the same time. A business in Shinju splashed 40 million NT on this American-made industrial fire brigade crane. It only reaches 30 meters in the air, lower than some, but its water power is unrivaled. It can carry three metric tons of foam and still navigate mountainous terrain and beat back winds of 80 kilometers an hour. It can even be operated from the ground to keep firefighters safe. Its functions are perfect for the park. It can really effectively upgrade our capacity to deal with big industrial emergencies. It has a water capacity 10 times that of a normal fire truck, so it can extinguish fires in chemical engineering factories, oil refineries, or even ordinary homes in just a few minutes. And what's more, the crane can work continuously for three days on end. Its owner has also purchased a water storage vehicle to accompany the truck and supply it with extra fluid. For now, it may be the only one of its kind in Taiwan, but its owner is willing to dispatch it to help at any emergency where it's needed. Ahead of the 2024 presidential election, speculation is mounting about who the DPP will fill as its candidate. President Tsai Ing-wen is constitutionally barred from running after completing her second term. So far, all eyes have been on her two vice presidents, past and present. In a recent interview, former Vice President Chen Jianren denied speculation that he wants the nation's top job. He shut down rumors of a rivalry with Vice President Lai Qingde, saying that he and Lai were good friends. Speaking exclusively to FTV, Vice President Lai also said that the two were good friends. He said they intended to work together for Taiwan in the future. Upon hearing our question, Vice President Lai Qingde paused to respond. Former Vice President Chen and I have always been good friends. We share a background in public health and medical care, and we've worked together to fight the epidemic in Taiwan. In the future, there will be many areas where we can cooperate, whether they are international or domestic. We will continue to work hard for Taiwan. Former Vice President Chen Jianren joined the DPP last year, sparking speculation that he was planning to run for president. Lai himself had asked Chen why he had joined the party. In recent weeks, rumours have swirled that there was rancour between the two. Chen has flatly denied the reports. 
Brother Qingde and I have known each other for a long time. We knew each other when he was a legislator, and I also supported him. I stumped for him when he was running for a legislative seat, and also when he ran for Tainan mayor. When he became premier, I interacted with him several times in my capacity at the presidential office. So we are very good friends. I think it is overblown to interpret this as factional rivalry, and this has damaged the friendly relationship I have with Qingde and the cooperation we have with each other. The two appeared to be on the same page, both claiming to be good friends. Chen emphasized that he was not after Taiwan's top job. I have no great love for elections, and I am not considering a run. I have no plans whatsoever to run in 2024. I believe that for 2024, the DPP will put forth the best possible candidate, and after that person is selected, I will certainly give my support. Chen moved to quash rumours of a rivalry. With local elections coming up, he and Lai are making a strong show of unity. Kaohsiung's former police chief, Huang Mingzhao, is now officially Taiwan's top cop. He was inaugurated at a Thursday ceremony where he had minimal interaction with outgoing Director General Chen Jiaqing. Interior Minister Xu Guoyong thanked Chen for his hard work during his almost five-year tenure. I also hope that after he retires, aside from spending more time with his family, he won't be too polite to offer advice to our colleagues in the police force. If you think of something, just tell our Director General Huang, or send a text or call me directly. I was appointed by my superiors. I always do my best in any post I'm appointed to. Triads are often involved in drugs, fraud rackets, firearms and even the year-end elections. They are all interconnected. So one of our priorities will be cracking down on organised crime. Huang said that as the national police chief, he would crack down on fraud rackets and drugs. Maintaining order in the elections and eradicating cr criminal gangs will also be his key missions, he said. He pledged to tackle the spread of disinformation, which can erode the fairness of elections. Well, move over, Bubble Tea. There's a new kid on the block. Xian Suji, or salted crispy chicken, has become increasingly popular abroad over the past few years. Now it's the subject of a New York Times article which says more and more restaurants in the U.S. are selling this Taiwanese night market fixture. Quite a few Taiwanese-American chefs have even reimagined it, putting it into American-style chicken hamburgers and sandwiches, in cuisine that brings out the best of Taiwanese and U.S. food. Man, this is good. With big gulps, this YouTuber chows down on Xian Suji at a Taiwanese restaurant in New York. In recent years, this salty and crispy chicken snack has become more and more popular abroad, becoming an emblem of Taiwan after bubble tea. Taiwanese fried chicken meets the moment, a New York Times headline declared, introducing the Xian Suji and Taiwanese chicken fillets, now sold in many American restaurants. Taiwanese Americans are inventively putting Xian Suji into sandwiches and chicken burgers, combining American and Taiwanese food cultures to win over American diners. 
Mm. Jordan, an American who has been in Taiwan for more than four years, takes a big bite of a chicken fillet and then chows down on sien suji and a large batch of fried basil. He says traditional American fried chicken is usually dipped in thick buttermilk and has a thick batter, whereas sien suji is boneless, with a thinner batter made of sweet flour. However, the most special thing about sien suji is that it is sprinkled with white pepper and fried with garlic and basil to give it more flavour. For southern fried chicken, it's usually if you're going to make a sandwich, it's probably just pickles and that's about it. Like ji pie is just so, 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 so tasty. I think they spray like water on it before they put it in. So like the water kind of like explodes and it gives the, the, the breading like really like this like crunchy. Jordan says he hasn't been home to the US for many years and has heard from several friends that there's a craze for Sien Suji in his hometown. In particular, there are many bubble tea shops around his old university, which also sell small portions of Sien Suji as a snack. I guess it won't help our obesity rates, but if people like it, I suppose they should they should continue with it. They're, I guess they're going with consumer trends. There are a lot of boba tea shops mm -hmm. in the US, mm -hmm. but they're also selling the popcorn really? chicken. Okay. I, so. I hope when I go back home next time I can try it. <laughs> this Taiwanese yeah, night market favorite has become a popular dish in the US, showing more and more people across the globe are learning to love Taiwanese food. Greenpeace recently held a beach cleanup in which volunteers from six environmental groups removed more than 1,021 kilograms of garbage. It's also lobbying for a Marine Conservation Act to protect the ocean. Greenpeace is seeking 5,000 more signatures for an online petition promoting the legislation. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Volunteers pick up trash on the beach. They find many pieces of styrofoam, animal bones, and more. Discarded fishing gear was the most common type of trash, amounting to about half of the total weight. This animal is probably an endangered species. If you only pick up marine waste for cleanup, but you don't do anything to protect the wild animals on the coast, they won't be completely protected. To completely protect them, we need to be more comprehensive. This was a beach cleanup organized by Greenpeace. Six environmental groups and their volunteers traveled to Shimen, Taoyuan City, Yeliu, and Miaoli to pick up trash. A total of 205 volunteers and migrant workers participated in the beach cleanup, removing a total of over a ton or about 1,021 kilograms of garbage. We found that the marine protected area is still facing a very big predicament. We hope that through legislation, the formation of laws, we can effectively curb the real source of the problem. It's very important to reduce plastic from the source. We need to improve how marine protected areas are managed and how marine protection is carried out. Greenpeace is calling for 5,000 more people to sign an online petition that calls for a Marine Conservation Act. Through a dedicated marine conservation law, activists hope to regulate marine recreational and sightseeing areas and reduce the improper use of these natural resources. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Liang Junle in Taipei. Over in sports news, champion arm wrestler Tai Weiren has another trophy under his belt. The strongman just won the Asian Open Cup, a 105-kilogram category. He triumphed against opponents from across the continent, despite weighing under the category weight. We spoke to Tai about how he beat all those opponents who were taller and heavier. 
and we also got a sneak peek at his jaw-dropping training regime. The judge lowers his hand and the fight begins. Both wrestlers strain with all their might, one gripping the table, his foot lifting into the air. In just six seconds, it's all over. Taiwan's Tai Weiren is the champion. He shows off his shirt, which says Taiwan. Asia's strongest arm wrestler hails from Formosa. With his medal round his neck and Taiwan's flag held aloft, Tsai's ecstatic smile says it all. I'm so happy. My opponent was the Indonesian champion, the strongest arm wrestler in the whole of Indonesia. I'd never competed against him before. I overcame my nerves. Actually, I have quite a lot of confidence in myself. Tsai has many trophies under his belt. In 2017, he was crowned champion at the International Arm Wrestling Contest in Muar, Malaysia. In 2018, he triumphed at the Kuching World Cup. He came second in the 2019 World Championships, but this year, the Asian Open was the next level. He competed in the 105-kilogram category, despite weighing just 80 kilograms, but triumphed over all his opponents. They were all taller and heavier than me, all bigger guys. Tai shows off a bicep curl with a 50-kilogram dumbbell. That's just the warm-up. His triceps can handle up to 100 kilograms. He hopes this Asian Open win is a credit to Taiwan. In 2015 and 2016, I went to compete in China, and I got the 80-kilogram trophy, and I wore the flag of Taiwan over my shoulders. Every time I go on the podium to win a trophy, it really moves me. Winning is not just a matter of personal pride for Tsai. It's an honor he wants to share with his country.